and welcome to another episode of Lovebirds. This is episode 15. I'm Tassie. And I'm Bill. Fall migration has begun. Yes, it has. <laughs> Thanks for that commentary. So we went out birding last week and also this weekend, and we want to bring the news of that to you. But first, I guess let's talk about news from the backyard. Okay. In the backyard lately, Clarence and Clarice, mm-hmm. our cardinals, have been busy raising at least two and possibly three now very awkward adolescents. Very noisy, too. At first, I thought it was one, and then I thought it was two, and now I believe there might even be as many as three, although I've never seen more than two at one time. And what makes you say that? Because I have photos of three different adolescent birds that all look different to me. So based on color and, like, crest... Yeah, one of them has barely any red, and two of them are getting very red, probably are both males. Mm -hmm. One of them has just one crest feather, and it's very cute. Like an alfalfa. Yes. Juvenile cardinals have dark bills, Mm -hmm. which is the best way to distinguish them from either the adult male or the adult female, both of which have bright red bills. Mm -hmm. I enjoy when they're like sitting on a branch with berries on it, squawking for food. Or when they're like sitting on the feeder mm-hmm. and Clarence will feed them. Uh-huh. I'm like, you are on the food right now. What is wrong with you? The youngsters will eat from the feeder. <laughs> and then when dad comes over, they beg for dad or mom yeah. to pick up the food from the feeder and give it to them. Basically like having human teenagers from mm-hmm. what I understand. Especially now that autumn is coming soon. Uh, I figure that they're going to be on their own soon. Mm-hmm. There's one other thing that's been happening in the backyard, but we're going to come back to it later as a special fifth bird species because it's so exciting. We're not giving you just four. Yes. We're going beyond that. Five. A handful of birds. Yes. A handful. A bird in the handful is the same as... A bird on the podcast. Yes. So also, coming up the next two weekends, I will be out in nature which I'm excited about. Next weekend, I'm going to go approximate a lumberjack, I think is the point of it. It's called Becoming an Outdoors Woman. And I will be learning such things as axe throwing and mountain biking and foraging. Bird watching was a possibility, but I feel like I'm actually like good there. But maybe I'll go out and look for some birds on my own. And the weekend after that, Bill and I are going camping. Bum, bum, bum. We should record from there. Mm-hmm. We're going intentionally at where bird cast and the weather sort of think should be the peak of fall migration. That's the hope. All right, should we talk about our bird species? Sure. So this first one we saw on <clears throat> September 12th at Little Creek Corps Marsh. And the big snake was not there. Nope, not this time. There was also like not nearly as much water. Like it was a much reduced marsh. Mm-hmm. The first one is the pied-billed grebe. Mm-hmm. And what's the scientific name for the pied-billed grebe? Potolimbus podiceps. So interesting point of fact, I have that grebe means feet at the buttocks. So apparently this bird's feet are way back and that helps them swim. That's actually what the word grebe means? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it said on All About Birds. All right. So these birds are about 13 inches long. They are monomorphic, but the male is slightly bigger than the female. They have a stout bill. I guess a pied bill. I don't 
know what pie means. And they're overall brownish, but they have sort of a black like mohawk coloring, like a hood. It's not a hood because it's not the entire head, but they have like a black cap and then their wing, top of their wing is black and then they have a white tail. They have a black eye with a white eye ring. And so let's see here. I have that the breeding plumage has a whitish bill with a black band on it. It's cool. It has a little cigar band. And then I have oh. that they are generally silent except during breeding season. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Tassie, pied means having two or more different colors. And so their bill is- Is brown on top and white on the bottom. Brown on top and white on the bottom, at least in the winter. And then in the breeding, it's white and black. There you go. That's interesting. So is the Pied Piper, does he have two different colors? He must. Okay. So let's see here. This is the most frequently seen grebe in America, but it's still pretty uncommon. It says it's seen in shallow ponds and marshes, especially with vegetation peeking out, except what it actually said was emergent vegetation. But to me, emergent means like an emergency, like medical urgency. And I just like, I couldn't say emergent vegetation. Like, we've got a broccoli emergency. <laughs> it means it is emerging. I know it does. I know it does. Just like an emergent problem is emerging, and that's yeah. why it's emergent. And then I have in winter, they can be found pretty much anywhere. They're sheltered open water. They're just cute, like, little, cute little duck-like well, bird. because I saw it, and I was like, oh, hey, there's this thing floating. What's that little duck? Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, it's a grebe. Mm -hmm. It's a butt foot. <laughs> so since we've talked now about two birds, the cardinals going from juvenile to adult and the pie-billed grebe whose bills change colors, I had the question of how in the world does that happen? Because the bills are hard, you know, they're covered with keratin and keratin is a dead tissue, it can't change color. So I looked it up and David Allen Sibley had actually written a blog post about it. So apparently bills are like three layers. There's a bone layer and then there's a layer of living tissue and then there's keratin over it that's translucent, but the living tissue has pigment in it so it can change colors. And as with, you know, feathers, the rest of their bird coloration, bright yellow and red, come from carotenoids, which are from their diet. And so birds can use this to signal good health, especially in breeding season. They might choose to have colorful bills. Interestingly, also, I found a study that came out of Vassar that looked at birds that kept brightly colored beaks during the winter. And apparently it happened more in birds that tended to not be solitary, that stayed in groups during the winter time, but it had no effect on, on reproductive success. It was more like a social hierarchy. So mm. like keeping it in the winter when you're around other birds of your species tells them that you're healthy and could probably fight. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So moving on to our second one, which is probably my favorite of the recent birding trips. So we went to Tower Grove Park yesterday and one of the ones we saw that I'd never seen before and I've tried very intentionally to see is the Eastern Wood Peewee. Eastern Wood Peewee. Mm -hmm. Peewee. That's how its call sounds and it's very cute. Mm -hmm. So this little creature is six inches long. It is monomorphic and it is a summer resident in Missouri. In terms of describing it, it has a little bit of a crest, sort of rounded, and overall it's a gray color with sort of more blackish on the leading edges of the wings, as well as really broad whitish wing bars. It has sort of a dusky grayish greenish vest and then a smudged undertail. It lives in mature deciduous forests and edges and it forages for small insects from a conspicuous perch. So it's a flycatcher, just like the Eastern Kingbird that we talked about before. So I noticed that flycatchers tend to have bouffants, 
And so I look like they tend to have like small crests. And so mm -hmm. I looked up why and I couldn't really come up with anything. It seems that crests are displayed like in aggression or when they're threatened. So maybe, and this is just me spitballing here, maybe since flycatchers often have such a prominent perch that then they forage from, they need to have some method of like scaring off predators. I don't know. I forgot to say the Latin, which is contapus virens. And in my experience, peewees are a lot of fun to watch because if you're watching them closely, they will just make a 30-foot flight out from a branch to get one bug mm -hmm. and then come on back mm -hmm. and just very active. And then they have a very cute call where they say their name. Mm -hmm. Peewee! Mm -hmm. The next bird we saw at Tower Grove Park yesterday is the magnolia warbler. Or Cetaphaga magnolia. Cetaphaga, the warbler word. And so it was named, uh, the first European scientist who found one in America found it in a magnolia tree. And so he put that in the scientific name and then that like became their... Right, they, and I've read they don't even particularly like magnolia trees, nor do they live in the American South other than... Fleetingly during migration. During migration, which is when folks like Tassie and me get to see them mm -hmm. as they're coming through St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And then you were showing this migration map to me in... What is this book, by the way? I have a really, really detailed book called The Warbler Guide by Tom Stevenson and Scott Whittle. Mm -hmm. It is just extreme information, like... There's like an extreme close-up of its eye. Granular information about how to identify them. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a map showing their migration routes. And it goes right up the Mississippi. It goes right up the Mississippi in, in the spring and right down the Mississippi in the fall. So okay. for folks like us in St. Louis, they're a pretty common visitor. So in description, they are five inches long, warbler size. They are seen during migration, both spring and fall, and they are dimorphic, but I got the feeling from my Sibley book that it's a sort of subtle. And then when Bill was looking at this more detailed book, it said that it can be very complicated to sex or age this bird. Yep. So I think I was sort of right in my assumption. The ones we actually saw were juvenile, mm -hmm. juvenile females, I think. Um... Or just juveniles? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Again, we should attempt to, to sex it. Okay. But it was definitely, it was a first year bird. Because it lacked some very specific markings that we'll talk yeah. about in a minute. So to describe, it has a gray head, a gray neck band, a greenish back, and then the leading edges of its wings, once again, sort of have white wing bars, two of them with black in between. And the neck and belly and flanks are yellow, and then it transitions into a white undertail covert, is what they're called. Um, and one of the best ways to identify the magnolia is by the black tip Mm -hmm. to the underside of its tail. Yep. And you were saying that that flashes and is supposed to like rile up the insects for them to gnaw on. I had mentioned that with the red start, but I have a feeling that it might be the same for the magnolia as well. Okay. Um, as we mentioned, the juvenile's appearance changes over the first year and adult breeding female has black streaks on the chest and the breeding male has even darker black streaks and they're sort of connected by a necklace. Mm -hmm. So we know that this was a juvenile warblers that we are seeing because they didn't have those streaks. In terms of where they live, I have that they're seen in coniferous forest, especially second growth. That's where they meet. Oh, and the male has a little bit of a black mask. 
Yes. They're really lovely Mm -hmm. birds when you get a look at them, and they're very tiny, and they're not easy to find. Mm -hmm. But when when one does, it's a a real treat. We should link to the video where um, the two young birders, where they're looking at warblers, because you're looking, like, basically straight up, and we do that, too. Yeah. Warbler, warblering yeah. is hard on the neck. It is. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say about our dear Magnolia warb- warbler? Mm-mm. Okay. Warbler. War, war. <laughs> so war-war. The, our next bird is also a warbler, even though it's not called one. And this is the American Redstart. Cetaphaga ruticilla. Ruticilla. Which is interesting because there's no red on them, like on any type of them. Nope. Bird names are great. Uh-huh. Bird names are great. So in description, these are five inches long. They are dimorphic. They are summer residents in Missouri, but we were wondering just so because of the number of them that were together, as well as the lack of non-juvenile males, we were thinking that these might represent some of the migration, migrating birds. Unfortunately, we can't ask them to mm-hmm. tell us, but... Uh, Not that they would. Yeah. They wouldn't tell us even if we could. Yeah. I'm going to describe the female, which looks like a juvenile male because that's what we saw. So they're gray overall with a white eye ring that's sort of subtle and a black eye line as well as a black eye and black bill. Their neck and chest and flank are all grayish. Then you get down to the base of their tail and it's yellow. And then their wings are yellow on the very leading edge, like the epaulette, and then they have a yellow wing bar. But they also have this way when they're flitting around trees looking for insects that they will fan out their tail mm-hmm. and there are two and there are two yellow patches on the tail. Mm-hmm. That are supposed to scare up insects. Right. And then the male, all the places that the juvenile or female are yellow, they're orange. The male looks very different. Mm-hmm. It is almost completely black mm-hmm. with these orange fiery orange patches where the yellow would be on the female, and then a whitish belly. Mm-hmm. To me, they kind of look like a mini Oriole. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was almost thinking like a mini Red Wing or something. In the past two weeks, we've seen a lot of Red Starts, and we've not seen one adult male. That's true. I don't know. Maybe somebody can tell us if the males perhaps migrate first. Migrate first. I feel like I've been noticing some chatter, I think it was on Twitter, about migration. And I think red starts were one of the first ones people started talking about. So they may be early migrators too, which would make sense then the males are already gone. So they are seen in deciduous forests. They have high whistles with buzzy, down-slurred endings. And then... Now, now for the very exciting thing that has been going on in our backyard that just went on like right before we started recording this as well. In the neighborhood over the past week or so, two weeks maybe, Mm -hmm. we've been seeing a very magnificent barred owl. Yes, barred owl, Strix varia. Mm -hmm. And this is Mm B-A-R-R-E-D, not to be confused with the barn owl, Mm -hmm. which is also an extant owl. But uh, the barred owl is the one that is in our neighborhood. And you have named our owl Strix. I named it Strix. Because it's a nice gender neutral name. So Strix is its genus name. Okay. To describe, they are 21 inches long and they are monomorphic. They are year round residents. And the females are slightly bigger than the males, which I think is pretty common in raptors. That's right. Okay. Overall, I think it's called a barred owl because it's just kind of striped, like it's barred. Mm -hmm. with brown and white 
it has a sort of like heart-shaped face like in that you know way that owl's face is taken the sound it just looks like a satellite receiving dish so with um pretty strong blackish brown lines around the outside with the black eyes and yellow beak within those and then it goes down to a little bit of a necklace and then kind of stripey down the wings and then they're streaked down the chest with brown and white i think they look like they have a shawl on Mm-hmm. A very fancy shawl. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There are two common urban owls in the eastern United States. Mm-hmm. And one is this one, the barred owl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the great horned owl, which is probably what a lot of people would consider kind of your quintessential mm-hmm. owl. I was reading that the urbanization of this owl is fairly new, that generally they used to be forest creatures, but they've been starting to move into suburban neighborhoods, especially with big mature trees, which is, I guess, how you would define our neighborhood. Because although we live in St. Louis City, it was like the suburbs when the city was being built. Mm-hmm. And we have giant trees in our backyard. So there's some big trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the past few weeks, Strix has been out and about in the neighborhood, which you usually know because you start hearing the Blue Jays go nuts. So when the Blue Jays go nuts, you know that there is a raptor. And lately that raptor has been Strix. Mm-hmm. What just happened before we went on the air here and then... A few days ago is that Strix likes to sit at uh, a little bit before dusk on the neighbor's deck. Mm-hmm. So like 30 feet from our back porch. Yeah, these are little yards. Yeah. And so right next to our house, Strix just sits there and chills. And kind of turns their head a little bit, checking out possible prey, which usually they hunt small mammals, mm-hmm. but they were very interested in the cardinals the other day because the, card- the, the clims were being very noisy. And we're like, shut up, Clams. Okay, so Strix is sitting on the deck, and you can see it eyeing the cardinals every time they move in the bush. I think it was probably more to do with instinct. Yeah, that like the owl, movement. That the owl just naturally follows small movement. Mm-hmm. Then it was necessarily interested in uh, preying on our cardinals. But they're also, they were being so loud that there was like a squirrel walking 20 feet in front of Strix and Strix did not look at it because the cardinals wouldn't shut up. (laughs) They like don't realize what's good for them. Yes. What else? Let's see. They live in mature forests and hardwood swamps. They are usually solitary. They are mostly nocturnal and they have an awesome call that Bill is going to. Okay. So yeah, like we said, the sort of the common owl that people, the archetypical owl in the, in the United States is the great horned owl, and that's more of your regular hoot. <coughs> Lower, like, <coughs> right. Now the barred owl has its own call. Do you still have that recording of when you got them all riled up at the oh, rescue in Illinois? I might. Okay, we might include a, a, a really rambunctious group of barred owls, but Bill's gonna do the call first. Okay. So it sounds like who cooks for you? Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? It also sounds like something trying to cough something up. So it's your like old smoker aunt. <laughs> she just got up. <laughs> and 
someone's like making bacon. She's like, who cooks for you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm incorrect. So, um, okay, so do we have any other, I assume that our picture will be of Strix this time because you got some mm -hmm. really great pictures of, I'm gonna call Strix a her because it makes me happy to think about female predators. You know, the other thing about Strix that we didn't mention Sort of the difference between a barred owl and a great horned owl, which are about the same size. Maybe the barred is slightly smaller. Mm -hmm. The barred owl has no tufts. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, it, damn it, I always forget. It, doesn't, it is not a tufted owl. Right, but which one of those is a... There's the French, there are two. There's Chouette. Oh, Chouette. And... And... You can see that my French is not well kept up, although I, I do keep my birds in a little French journal. It's I'm full of contradictions. All right, so we just looked it up to confirmed. Ibu, of which the great horned owl is one, have the ear tufts. And Chouette, of which the barred owl is one, do not have the ear tufts. Mm -hmm. Chouette also sounds a lot like the French word for super. It does say Chouette is often used as an interjection or an adjective to express feelings of awesomeness, joy, or overall approval. It's like three years of high school weren't wasted. It can also be used mostly in Quebec as a term of endearment for a girl or woman, be it girlfriend, wife, daughter, or friend. Oh, I think you're pretty schwet. Oh, no, wouldn't you say you're my little schwet? Mm-hmm. Strix is our schwet. Strix is our schwet. If we need another one, we can name it schwet. Mm-hmm. But we, I'm sticking with Strix. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Or Strixie. He was calling Strix Strixie. Also, when Bill, so Bill moved inside to get closer to Strix today and took the screen off our window, the window nearest the neighbor's porch. And so this time you were probably, what, 10, 15 feet from Strix? Mm -hmm. But also just like, <laughs> we've got a very inquisitive cat who almost jumped out a third floor window when there was no screen in Massachusetts. And so, of course, he like got up there. And I was like, Murray, if you go out there, I'm not going to save you. I'm going to let that owl eat you. Uh -huh. And I think she could have. No? No. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> apparently I have an irrational fever of raptors. Mm -hmm. Okay, do we have anything else to say? I don't think we've had any questions. We're still up in the air about the special Junko episode. The Junko Junko episode. Mm -hmm. We've just decided we're naming this episode after Strix. What's its name? Our Little Schwet. Our Little Schwet. All right, as always, we're on Twitter. We are both on Instagram now. Bill is song Bill. I am Tassie the Poet. And Bill shares nice bird pictures. And we're also on all your podcasting platforms. And we have an email. So hit us up. Ask us questions. We're very excited to be back for the fall season. And we're anticipating recording an episode in two weeks. Simply because we'll be apart next weekend. Huh? All right. Yay, fall migration. Woo! Fall migration. All right. Do you have any closing lines? No. Not keep watching the sky. Uh, <laughs> a handful of birds is worth a bush full of... Tits. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> and with that, we'll say goodbye. This is Tassie signing off. Wait, say... This is Tassie signing off. I'm going to say this is Tassie. This is Tassie. And this is Bill. Keep watching the skies. <laughs> Bye.